how to live a guilt-free life. In Luke chapter 4, we find Jesus' first public message. To narrow that down, you think that God, after Malachi, there was 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, and then God with skin showed up. And this, this, was, the first, this was the first public message that he had. He, he spelled out what his premise was and his, his, the, why he was here on earth. And he had just come out of that encounter of 40 days in the wilderness with Satan, his arch enemy, and now he comes into the synagogue in Nazareth and proclaims with great assurance these much-needed words of comfort and healing. And that's the thing about what Jesus said those years ago, that it, it's alive and it's as powerful and maybe even more relevant now than, than when he, he said it then. He stands up and he says this, verse 18, Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to announce that captives shall be released and the blind shall see, that the downtrodden shall be freed from their oppressors, and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. Now to Jewish ears, when they were talking about oppressors or whatever, they had been under the boot hill to Rome. And I am sure in the beginning that that's what they thought, that here comes Jesus that is going to free us from the Romans. But that wasn't the message. Jesus was coming to free them from themselves. He was coming to free them from the clutches of the enemy, so to speak. Jesus stated in his very first message, I came to bring good news. The best news that will ever be told. I've come to set people free from all the things that have been holding you in bondage. And I, and the third, he said, I am the truth. And if you know it and embrace it, it will set you free. Jesus said in John 32, if the sons will set you free, you will be free indeed. And those words today are alive and are relevant, or relevant to us. So Jesus is saying to you and I today, I've come to set you free. Remember, we just had a three-message series out of Galatians, and that was the, the whole theme of the book of Galatians was freedom is what we have, and Christ has set us free. He promises real and lasting freedom to everyone accepts, to accept it. Accept it. So now the question is this morning, and what do you need to be, be set free from? Perhaps it's guilt, maybe it's the pain or resentment, the expectations of others, maybe the control of desires, the old nature just consumes you. Fear of death, maybe, or worry. For us humans, the list is really, really long. Jesus, God with skin on, came to earth to teach us how to live. John 10.10 10 says, He promises His abundant life in all its fullness. If you are a follower of Christ this morning, are you living that life? Is your life abundant? And then he gives us eternal life in the Father's house if you accept and embrace it. This is what Jesus said. I want to set you free from the burden of guilt. Our big idea this morning is we need to live free from guilt. There's a lot of people bound up from guilt. Guilt arises out of the conflict between what one actually does or feels and what one thinks one should do or feel. Guilt verbalized sounds something like this when it's in a person's life. I'm not much good. 
Most of what I want to do I've, I have done seems mean and evil. I really deserve contempt and punishment for my failures. Self-condemnation, self-blame. James Dobson says this in this profound statement concerning self-blame, and I quote, Hospitals for the emotionally disturbed are filled with patients who have been able to meet their own expectations and are now broken with self-blame and even personal hatred, end of quote. Sometimes in guilt we feel the need of punishment and we will seek to punish ourselves. Plato said the soul will run eagerly to its judge. And as we go down this road, the need for punishment may result in all manner of problems such as physical illness, hostility, anxiety, depression, or a combination of them all, actually. You cannot live indefinitely with guilt. But here's the fact in life that we all make mistakes, all of us. And hopefully we've all got to the point in our lives when we realize that we're not perfect. And so we have to answer this question. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. How do I live with that? Jesus said, I want to set you free from it. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. For by the death of Christ we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God which he gave to us in such large measure. Because guilt robs you of your happiness. It causes depression. It can make you sick. Doctors say many people in the hospitals could go home today if they could get rid of guilt and bitterness. It's the number one killer of college students. What is it? It's suicide. The number two killer of high school students is suicide. Why? Because depression and guilt. God says, I want to set you free from this. When you research guilt, in this concept, you find different categories. Guilt involves a very wide expanse, including legal guilt, breaking civil laws. I know there's nobody in here that ever drives over the speed limit or ever breaks any civil laws, so we're all safe from that. Not really, because my brother up there would be out of a job. But anyhow, social guilt, breaking social rules. We, we know when we do that because people look at you funny. Personal guilt, violation of our own conscience. We know it's wrong. We go went ahead and done it. Now we are, are feeling the effects of that. And theological guilt, which is breaking God's law, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, actually. Also, there's a, a difference between real and guilt and imagined. All of us suffer pangs of guilt at times, especially when we violated one of these laws. But it's not always bad. It, it, it can lead us to a place of, of more healthy living if we can get, get beyond it, actually. And then we have that guilt where the Holy Spirit comes in and almost drives us to our knees. And we, and sometimes we don't let loose of it immediately. But boy, when we do, it's just like that burden is lifted off and we are free again. If you take that too far, you get, a, you, you get, get neurotic. And Satan really likes to fuel that. I've talked with people that's been in counseling for years, and they have the need for forgiveness. They don't know how to get rid of the past. And they say things like this, I'm a prisoner of my past. I don't know how to let go of the past. It haunts me. I'm afraid somebody's going to find out about it. I've made mistakes. How do I get on with life? Jesus says, I want to set you free from the burden of guilt. And to be set free, it usually need, you need forgiveness. And for forgiveness to happen, confession must take place. It's like the old well-worn cliche, confession is good for the soul. In Gran Torino, 
Clint Eastwood is about, about to give his life for a young man. So he needs absolution. He's got this guilt that he's carried through life, and now he needs somebody to say, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Well, it's kind of funny because this young priest knows him, and he thinks he's up to something. So this is, this is kind of an interesting interchange here. Let, let's watch. I do for you, Mr. Boskin? I'm here for a confession. Oh, Lord Jesus, what have you done? Nothing. You just take it easy now. What are you up to? Are you going to give me a confession or not? How long has it been since your last confession? Forever. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. What are your sins, my son? In 1968, I kissed Betty Jablonski at the factory Christmas party. Dorothy was in the other room with the other wives. It just happened. Yes, go on. Well, I made a $900 profit selling a boat and a motor. I didn't pay the taxes. It's the same as stealing. Yes, go on. never very close with my two sons. I don't know them. I, I didn't know how. That's it? That's it. It's all It's bothered me most of my life. Say ten Hail Marys and five Our Fathers. God loves you and forgives you. I absolve you of all your sins. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you going to retaliate for what happened to Sue? I'm going over to that house today, Mr. Kowalski. That's so. It is. And every other day until you see the folly in what you're planning. Busy day. Gotta go. Go in peace. Oh, I am at peace. The Bible tells us that you don't have to come and confess your sin to me. Confess it. Whoops. You confess it to God Almighty in the name of Christ. He takes care of it. That's the freedom that we have when we start following Christ. That if you remember, we always talk about in at the resurrection of Christ that the great curtain in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom, that God was saying, No more sacrifice. I'm going to pay the ultimate sacrifice. You don't have to go to anybody. You can come straight to me. And it's God the Father sitting on the throne of heaven, and to the right hand is, is Jesus, his son. And when Eddie sins, Eddie says, Jesus, please forgive me. And he'll turn to the Father and say, you know what, Eddie's all right. It's cool. We're, 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 we're good now. What an amazing concept. There's nothing you can do that you can't go to God and, and ask Him to forgive you, and He does that. It, it, I, I think we humans are so conditional, it, it's hard for us to, to think in spiritual terms that way. <laughs> God can continue to love me and put up with me for some of the things that I, I say and think and do sometimes. 
many of us need to put our burdens down and start living again. We've carried them way too long. And only you have the power to do that. When we break God's law and sin and don't confess it, guilt weighs us down. He doesn't want you to live like that. And when we live in opposition to the teaching of Jesus, guilt weighs us down if we're listening. And when we behave in a way that hurts others, guilt weighs us down. As a Christian, I'm convinced that there is a very valid and proper place for this kind of guilt. When the Holy Spirit squeezes and tugs at your heart, that's a sign. It's, it's God asking you to do something. He's asking you to ask for forgiveness and get rid of it, that, that we acknowledge it. And as we become pricked in our conscience, we need to repent and receive God's forgiveness and change our behavior. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life, especially when I was in school, that I would do things that I wouldn't, I shouldn't do, and I'd get caught, and there was a, a tremendous sense of shame, and my face would be red, and and then after a while, some another part of my anatomy would be red if you get my drift. Some, one of you guys, I don't know who sent this clip to me, but it, it is outstanding. It's, a, it's an excellent example of, of how the Holy Spirit works through others to, to help us do what's right. Let's watch. I will give you plenty of time to think about it. I'll ask the question. I'll walk away. I'll give you some time to agonize over it, to search your soul, to figure out what the right answer is going to be within your heart. I will give you the opportunity to do the right thing. I know it's going to take some time, but think about it. Think about doing the right thing, guys. So now I ask you, who took the cookie off the counter? Harley, maybe you didn't hear me. Maybe you didn't understand how difficult this question is and how difficult it is to turn in your sister. So I'm going to ask you again, Harley, because I know that this is one of the most difficult things you've ever done. I ask you again, guys, who stole the cookie off the counter? Loa, do you have anything to say? Speak up for yourself. Hello, Harley. Harley, third time is a charm. If it wasn't your sister, we're just going to forget everything that you just said. This is agonizing, Harley. This is difficult. So I'm going to ask you one last time. Who stole the cookie off the counter? <laughs> Sell out. <laughs> Take a bow, man, that's, uh, well, that's what happens sometimes. Somebody helps us uh, acknowledge our guilt, actually. I call it getting ratted out, but you call it what you will, you know. The Bible says that when we come to Christ, He takes us and forgives us instantly. He forgives us everything we've ever done wrong in our past. Can you imagine how what a list that is? And it's things that sometimes we, we don't think that we can be forgiven for. 
but He gives us, forgives us completely. Without question, the Bible says, I've taken your sins and put them all behind my back, out of sight. I've separated them as far as the east is from the west. It's, the psalm says it's like he, he takes our sins and he puts them in the deepest part of the ocean and then he puts up a no fishing sign. It's a terrible thing when we bring those back out. You know, I've used this example probably a hundred times it's behind these curtains. And that's our closet where our skeletons of our past are, that we like to drag them out sometimes. And the problem is, we like to drag the skeletons of somebody else out more than our own. It's like spouses that say this. Spouses hurt each other, and we, we do terrible things and break each other's hearts, almost rip hearts out sometimes. And then after time, hopefully we forgive each other, and we move on. It heals. There's not even hardly a scar there anymore. But boy, get in the heat of an argument, and you bring that up, say, do you remember when? Do you remember the time you did this? rips that open and it starts to bleed again and then here you go again. So I ask you this. If God Almighty Himself can forgive and forget, why why can't you and I do that? If I if I come to God and say, God, I've really made a mess of my life. I've made mistakes and this is what I've done wrong and please forgive me. You're forgiven. God says, I not only forgive you, but I wipe the slate clean. I think for a lot of us, he's wore out a lot of erasers. If you put your sin on a board and every time you ask for forgiveness, he wipes it off. But it's like starting over, over and over and over again. And then if we die, if we stood before him and you said, well, what about, what about this sin? He'd say, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Or the pain that you went through because of that sin. He'd say, I, I don't know. What about that mistake? There are, what mistake? You know, that is... That is so hard for us to grasp. God says, I want to set you free from the burden of guilt. In Christ, we are set free. That our sins are forgiven. That's what the Scripture says. You know, I, I believe even if there was no such thing as heaven, it, it'd be better off to be a believer, a follower of Christ. Because in that concept, if we are doing what God asks us to do, we can have a clear conscience, completely clean. And when we go to bed at night, you can lay your head on your pillow and go to sleep without all these things nagging at you. You know, if we're right with God, we should be able to do that. Not every night, because it's, it's such the case of the tragedy in this community that, 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 thing, that things like that bother you. You just, you just can't push it aside. But, but as a rule in our lives, we should be able to go to bed at night and, and not have that guilt or that nagging nagging voice that keeps us up, actually. Here's three concepts that help me deal with guilt. And the first one is this. I've learned to see myself as a totally guilty person. That I can't rationalize my sin away. I can't blame somebody else. I take full responsibility for that. I am a guilty person. And there is nothing that I can do to live a perfect life. It's why Jesus died. God in Jesus Christ said, yes, you are guilty. You failed others, yourself and me, but I love you anyway. I have a loving favor of God. I have the loving favor of God that in grace, he cuts me some slack. Not that I might go on sinning, Paul says, but the fact I can live 
a guilt-free life, having that Holy Spirit telling me when I mess up and I confess that immediately and I can move on. It doesn't, it doesn't hold me down or mash me to the ground, so to speak. Now I have a loving Father that loves me so much. You'd be surprised how many people have difficulty getting that truth to walk around in their lives. Maybe as a child, your parents told you that you'd never amount to anything. That's harsh, but I have known parents and teachers that would tell children that. What a mark, what a burden to, to put on somebody when they say that to you. Well, maybe you bought into that. God doesn't say that. This second concept, in order to please God, I've got to forgive myself. And there's some things that's, that's really difficult because when we sin, it, it just doesn't affect us. The majority of the time, there's concentric circles that go out like when you throw a rock in water. They go out and you affect all these other people. You affect your spouse. You affect your children, your 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 church, and, 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 and they, those go out. So, so then that guilt adds to that as well because you've hurt these other people, and that's when you need to make restitution. But I, I, I had to learn to forgive myself. If we receive His forgiveness, we must be willing to forgive the wrongs that people do, and that includes forgiving ourselves. It's a tremendous truth, especially those that have neurotic guilt. They have to learn to forgive themselves, and I am, we are under God's command to do that. Neurosis, being neurotic. You know, one of the things that Ron and I, we spent a week in California at Saddleback before we started this church, and one of the things that he said that really, he did a session on preaching, he said neurotics need a spanking every week. They want to go into a church and they want that speaker to tell them how lousy they are and how how God is upset with them and on and on. They, and that fuels that neurosis. And when they live, they leave with that guilt that they came in with. And they live with that all week. I, I tell you what, friends, God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. And if we are true to Him, as we live this life in Christ, when we sin as believers, He lets us know, and that's when you need to deal with it immediately. That is the point behind that. that uh, and I could, you know, I get a soapbox, but man, there's a lot of folks that's not forgiving themselves. If God forgive you, how you, can you not forgive yourself? And then thirdly, I was relieved when I learned the difference between constructive sorrow and neurotic guilt. So now when I make a mistake and when I sin, I, I immediately confess it because God lets me know. I, 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 I'm way beyond the point and I'd say the vast majority of us are beyond that point when we do something. Oh, I didn't know that was wrong. Ah, you knew it. <laughs> That's the rationalization that we humans are so good at. You know you've done wrong because you feel you feel that you feel that in in your heart. You just know, and then sometimes you need a black lab to put a paw on your head to point you out. But nonetheless, that's that's the way that's the way the, the way that it works. But when I I say I'm sorry to God and I ask for forgiveness, and if I've hurt somebody, I try to make restitution wherever I can. 
but I no longer feel that I have to remain in bondage or destroy myself. I am able to accept at full face value, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God does not sanction the continual harassing of myself on coming up short. On the contrary, Christ paid a very high price to spare me that. And He wants to spare you too, if you'll let Him. What burden you need to lay down today? What's in your life that's been holding you back? I don't know that, but, but God knows that in your heart this morning. And, and here's another problem sometimes that we have. So yeah, God, I, I want to I want to I want to bring this burden. You know, actually, I want I want to get up in front of the church and and, and I want to bring that burden down here and I want to lay it at this altar. And I want you to take it, God. So I've always I always envision laying it at the feet of Jesus. He pats you on the head and tell you how much he loves you. Go be a better kid. But here's the problem. Do you know what a lot of people do? They'll lay that down, but when they get ready to go up to their seat, they'll reach down, pick that up again, take it back with them. So they're, they've never, they've accomplished it for a little bit, but then it, it leaves with them. That, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the problem with that. You know, and as I repent, I can pray, Lord, I agree with you. What I did was sinful. Thank you for forgiving and forgetting the wrong, and I, I give this to you. I do not serve God or anybody else when I wallow in guilt and self-condemnation. The Scripture reminds us of that in a strong way in Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no N-O condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You realize that there's not a sidebar there or a side note where it lists these things. N-O means everything. It means no. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ Jesus, you can leave this morning completely free with no condemnation. He wants to spare you, and will you let him? What do you need to be spared from? Maybe some secret sin? You know what, folks? As Dallas Willard said in Spirit of the Disciplines, you and I are capable of great evil. Great evil. Not just a little evil. Great evil. And a lot of times we do that in secret. And we don't think anybody knows it, but, but God knows it. And maybe, maybe, that, maybe you've got a secret sin in your life that your, your husband or your wife don't even know it, but it's there. Maybe some failure, some past regret or mistake. Man, who wouldn't go back and change some things? Some of us have even destroyed others' lives, destroyed families. Oh, it's deep. It gets really deep. I can go on and on and on about this, the things that you and I have done. But the fact is, I pray that you have asked for forgiveness and you moved on beyond that. And that's what we need to do this morning is admit it to Christ and ask forgiveness and ask Him to cleanse your conscience. You say this to Christ about cleaning your slate. Jesus, please forgive me for those things that I know that were wrong, those bad decisions, those dumb mistakes, those bad judgments. And say, Lord, help me to forgive myself. Help me to accept your forgiveness. And if you've been here, or if you're here and you've been carrying that load of guilt, and you've given it to God this morning, praise God for you. And I've got a message from God for you. He says, you are forgiven. Accept it. It's never too late to confess and start over. And here's the question. Have you made your peace with God? 
always ask that question that are getting ready to exit. I asked this question to Tom Booker last Thursday. Have you made your peace with God? He said, yes, I have. I don't think we should wait till we're on our deathbed. I think you should answer that this morning. I think you should answer it right now. It's easy to answer. It's either yes or no. And if it's yes, praise God, and I praise you're walking with Christ. If it's no, you need to do something about that. He wants to come into your life and be your friend. You need to receive him today. I invite you to receive Christ, not because you're going to die tonight, but because you're going to live tomorrow. The cross is the genuine statue of liberty. It offers freedom. That's the basic message of the church. God wants to make you free. He wants them for us to live as free as possible. Because if we're burdened down, we can't be that much good to Him. But if we're free, my friends, we can be out into the world and be in Christ because we are free to do that. Would you open your heart to Him right now? Would you pray with me? How you head? Lord, I believe that right now you're setting some people free. All manners of guilt. Help us to be obedient, Holy Spirit, as you squeeze our hearts in this loving and gentle way. Father, right now, I pray these folks, all of us, sense your love, that we sense your spirit in our lives, that you're setting people free from fear, maybe from depression, some from tension and guilt. It's like a mountain of pressure, Lord, that just slides off their backs. So now as they take in a deep breath and let it out, just let that be a prayer of confession that says, God, take me, all of me. And believer, if you're saved this morning, you could still be enslaved. You need to say, Lord, I've taken some things back and I've allowed other things to bind me up again. So Jesus set me free today. Thanks, Lord, for the good news of freedom. Freedom that we have from the things that bind us up. And becoming what you want us to be in our lives. We just ask all these things in the name of Christ.